Welcome to Bad News for October 2020. This is episode 39, and I am Bursa Goodness, co-host of The Final Straw Radio, emanating out of occupied Salagi land in southern Appalachia, so-called United States. This episode will be a little shorter than some, as these busy times have only allowed a few projects the ability to participate. But we hope that you enjoy these high-quality audios. First up, we'll be hearing from Radio Zones of Subversive Expression in Athens, Greece, on the topics of school squats, Omadu Lycan Agonestan, Pagradi Philolao, SVEOD, and the response of the Greek courts to the charges against the neo-Nazi Golden Dawn Party. Then, from Radio Fragmata, also in Athens, you'll hear more news and struggle from around the city and the country. Following that, A Radio Berlin from Germany shares audio about the eviction of the anarcho-queer feminist house project Liebig 34 in Berlin. And finally, you'll hear updates from Dissident Island Radio from the capital of capital, London, UK, from this last month. Hello, we're Radiosons of Subversive Expression, and this is episode 39 of Bad News, Angry Voices from Around the World for October 2020. School occupations. Over 700 school units have been occupied by students, demanding more teachers, less students in each class, and funding for the public health system for COVID-19. Schools, teachers, parents and students were left helpless by the government when schools opened in September without any planning to combat COVID. The government and the media tried to slander the school movement by falsely connecting the protesting students with the anti-maskers. A mother like on stone. On Wednesday, September 23rd, after an operation by the anti-terrorist service, comrades P. Georgiadis and M.T. were arrested. In the early hours of the next day, men of the anti-terrorist invade the house of M.T. in Petralana, where they arrested his companion and roommate E.M. The media are presenting the arrests as a dismemberment of the revolutionary organization Omada Laikonagoniston, giving praise to the Ministry of Citizen Protection and celebrating the successful strike against terrorism. The media creating a climate of terror continue to leak false and non-existent information targeting even more the comrades. On September 25th, the state evacuated the occupation of 99 Philolau, an occupation that for four years was a place of meeting, creation and resistance. There are several calls for actions against the evacuations that the government is promoting. Sveod. On the 9th of October, the Union for Couriers and Delivery Workers rallied with motorcycles the center of Athens, demanding better working conditions. Golden Dawn Court. On October the 7th, more than 40,000 people were outside the court of Athens 
for the announcement of the adjudication for Neo-Nazi Party Golden Dawn. After five and a half years of legal battles, the ruling of the court was that Golden Dawn is a criminal organization. The huge rally outside the court was destroyed by police forces. 2,000 policemen, according to the state, were guarding the court and they attacked with water and tear gas the rally 20 seconds after the court announcement. After the announcement, the Greek media, who all those years were promoting the neo-Nazi party, were accusing the people outside the court for vandalism. The right-wing government, which has deep connections with Golden Dawn, tried to use the legal victory as if it was its own battle against the criminal organization. Nothing has ended, police forces, media and the current government are heavily supporting fascism every day. Radiofragmata calling. Repression continues in Greece. The state continues beyond the assault on our movements to maintain a law and order approach to dealing with coronavirus. The redirecting of funds to military and police institutions at the expense of medical and humanitarian ones continues. While the courts have the country distracted by its ruling over the neo-Nazi group Golden Dawn, the new democracy administration continues pogroms against immigrants, refugees and all grassroots revolutionary political opponents, even against school students. So, here are some news from our monthly full report. The Philolau 99 squad in the Athens neighborhood of Pagrati have been evacuated since our last report. This follows the evacuation of historical squads Terra Incognita in Thessaloniki as well as Rosanera in Crete. The squad functioned as a library, organizing point and mutual aid resource center, gaining local notoriety in efforts of social support during the coronavirus lockdown. The state of course refuses to return any of the library or other non violent equipment and resources housed by the space. Following the evacuation, mainstream media attempts to reach out to locals for interviews to demonize the space failed. Locals responded with disappointment of the evacuation. The squad had replaced a house once used for drug dealing and used additionally acting as a source of support for those struggling more during the economic consequences of the COVID lockdown and the looming depression that continues to unfold here in Greece. Following the evacuation, a demonstration spontaneously and quickly gathered in support of the squad and against the state. A lot of people had taken to the streets regardless of the new repressive law banning, all non-demonstrations. Police were very visible and attempted to intimidate, however the demonstration acted without concern and proceeded regardless of this law. On October 7th, the trial about the neo-Nazi political group Golden Dawn took place in Athens. A crowd of thousands of people gathered against the fascist group outside the courthouse of central Athens. Small clashes took place once police attacked the march. Molotov cocktails were thrown and barricades were built in defense of the march. While police threw tear gas, shot water cannons and violently attacked demonstrators at random. 
We have written a statement on our response to both the justice presented by the courts in this case, as well as the broader social reaction to the results. We sympathize with this broad movement of joy at the expense of inconvenience of the scum subhuman garbage making up Golden Dawn. However, we want to use our voice to state that our thirst for vengeance for their heinous acts is not satisfied. We desire the liquidation of fascism, both on social and institutional level, not the judicial regulation of fascism. With a humble appreciation for the feelings of redemption for the family and friends of those affected by Golden Dawn's rotten existence, we also want to point out the trickery of New Democracy's administration. In some ways, New Democracy also won. In every way, their democracy won. With the creation of this spectacle of justice, they further attempt to distinguish themselves from the fringe extremists of Golden Dawn and reinforce their claims as the moderate neoliberal hero of a Europeanized Greece. At the same time, they continue fascist pogroms on people of color and immigrants and wage war on anarchists and anti-fascists. We don't mind for those in Golden Dawn to suffer regardless the cause, whether from the courts, COVID or tripping on a banana peel. Any cause of pain to these awful fascists brings us comfort, but we do not want to use our voice to appreciate the courts of this fascist system. As anarchists, we recognize that no true justice will ever be found in the courts. The system of the courts in itself is an injustice to our humanity. The horrible actions of Golden Dawn must be revenged and dealt with in the streets and in our broader revolt against a society built on fascist ideals. It's unclear how much time these people will get. It's unclear if Pavlos had not been Greek whether the case would have ever made the spotlight or gone unprosecuted like those of so many others tortured and murdered by Golden Dawn and Greek fascist patriots. It's not clear if the state will compensate and appease its right-wing base after this by doubling down on future repression to immigrants, anarchists and other communities it deems expendable or unwanted. We recognize the struggles and efforts to get attention on this case in the streets, but we plead not to allow the state and its trickery to measure the distance and victories of our struggles. Will the two comrades facing terrorism charges for attacking Golden Dance offices now have their charges dropped? After all, they were combating a criminal organization according to the courts. Of course not. Dismissing those charges wouldn't serve New Democracy's goals. Let's use our voices to push things farther and on our terms. The day following this case on October 8, a huge strike and demonstration by delivery workers across Athens took place. Organizing attempts by delivery workers have caught the state's attention and faced repression and arrest. However, the strike has been invigorated by efforts to crush the delivery workers' grassroots union. And in light of COVID measures and the new status of essential workers for delivery people, if another lockdown was to come, workers are refusing to tolerate the degradation prescribed to their job within capitalism. On the island of Lesbos, immigrants and refugees continue to be dealt with as subhumans by the state, with measures showing any mercy or humanitarian support based solely on international attention. A new concentration camp has been built and they are forced to live there after all. 
Overall, it is rough times in the world and in Greece the situation is no different. We extend our solidarity to revolutionary anti-state and anti-capitalist movements across the world. Last years, we experienced a global resurgence of reactionary politics, state and capital, in a constant process of intensifying exploitation and expanding repression. The new phase of authoritarianism has unleashed an all-out attack against individuals it considers unnecessary or those that choose to resist and collectivize against the ruin of their lives. In our current period, states in the world overused measures against COVID-19 to extend repression, policing and surveillance against societies. To all of this, people in different areas of the world answer with massive resistance on the streets. The movement in Germany is fighting against exploitation and oppression in the heart of the beast. In the city of Berlin over the past years, the movement has come under constant attack through the eviction of its infrastructure. With gentrification manifesting itself taking place, the emotions and feelings we are facing while we are losing this important space and what we can do to not let all the city be only a place for the rich. In this phase of evictions might become the biggest attack on the autonomous infrastructure in Berlin since the 1990s. We are now trying to summarize a little bit what happened today in the streets. Can you give us an idea? how you started the day in the streets. Yeah, um, since week there has been preparing for day X of the eviction. There has been concerts, action trainings, um, and a lot of mobilization, solidarity on the streets, and also um, a lot of demos to raise consciousness about um, the eviction and the date of the eviction. Today, it was like the, at three o'clock in the morning, we were starting to go around in the neighborhood, as many others did, in small groups. And then slowly, slowly, there was starting the massive police uh, machinery. And also the protesters slowly woke up and put all of our infrastructure on the street and were preparing for the protest. Do you have an idea how many people were on the street and like also in relation to the police force that was also everywhere? For every protester on the street there was at least one Robocop and um, there was police with dogs and special forces with climbing gear and also and also many police cars in the city also all the week before and um, I think there were around 2,500 police forces and than the special force. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the infrastructure that was like there for people who wanted to protest on the street? Yeah, it was like this, that there were two legal manifestations all the time at strategical points uh, in the neighborhood next to the so-called red zone. The red zone was the place where only residents were allowed to enter and the police blocked all the entrances. Then there were two information points where people could know what was going on and also rest a little bit. And uh, there was also an out-of-action room where people could be out-of-action and relax and restore and then go back on the streets. And there were many, many mobile stations with food and drinks and also a great team of 
left paramedics who were helping the injured people on the streets. Then there were um, demonstration observers who were checking if everything went legal with the manifestation laws and also people helping against repression and the people who were giving legal support also at the mobile prisons. And uh, in the meanwhile, how was the situation of the house during this time? Yeah, it was like this, that around five in the morning, special forces entered the rooftop and were starting to film and observing everything, like also the always circling police helicopters. And at 7.20, the police forces knocked down the door and started dragging out people one by one. Mm, also, there was a call for more decentralized actions. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and also maybe give us some examples of, of what was going on? Yeah, it was clear from the beginning that it would be almost impossible to enter the so-called red zone. And this is why a lot of people focus on decentralized actions all over the city to kind of withdraw the police attention from the house. There were actions like spontaneous manifestations, bicycle mobs, personings, roadblocks, and also squattings. So shortly after the sadly happened eviction, can you share a little bit some of your thoughts about what was going on today? We were all um, pretty sad and emotional and frustrated with, with what was going on. Not only are the people in Liebig 34 losing their home, but also a cultural center and a radical queer space, which is even more harsh during this pandemic. And we need now to stand together, because this is not going to be our last fight. We have to continue to show solidarity. Also, I think we have to find a little bit of new tactics and develop uh, more forms of creative protest. Power to the people. I rest my peace, stop fighting for my people. Step 
shot bullets. I trigger to kill us. I trigger to kill us. I trigger to kill us. Bullets. I trigger to kill us. Bullets. Bullets. Humans in this city got to know they start to suck in tongues, standing still they are cold like statues, proper minds, fade lines, lose on life, walking by us, don't spot all the sky, don't spot all the sky, yeah. La solidaridad se ramifica en continentes El capitalismo ataca sin precedentes Hacen de la piel negocio de su gente Egoísmo falacia, la rabia es permanente Pero olvidaron Que las almas no tienen fronteras The rent and the public health system Privatized all services My people are aware It's not in the capitalism The crisis It's a system of billionaires Bidding conditions of starvation, sickness and anger They say it's a lockdown We call it a knockdown Cause clearly the rank Working class livelihoods vanishing into thin air We declare Revolution here and there So, il faut qu'on soit tous unis Avant les frontières, les états Nous font pas de charité Are the angry voices of dissident island radio from London back in the UK? You're listening to the UK segment of Bad News. A roundup of radical happenings from sometime between the end of August and the end of September 2020. And when I say UK, I mean that arbitrary landmass that constitutes the not-so-great so-called kingdom of a not-really-united Britain. The UK Bad News segment is brought to you by Dissident Island Radio, a radical DIY radio collective pumping out twice-monthly shows from London, the capital of capital. As eviction's hiatus ends, SoulFed launches housing rights primers. On Monday, September 21st, 2020, with remarkably little fanfare, the hiatus in eviction proceedings was ended, allowing courts to issue new notices and bailiffs to start enforcing them. Cases outstanding prior to March, that is, from before the UK lockdown began, are now free to be brought forward. 
allowing a massive backlog, affecting tens of thousands of people, to be pushed through the system over the next weeks and months. Just in time for the second wave of COVID-19 to hit, anarchist groups and grassroots housing organizations have been organizing against the process in recent weeks. And the latest of these projects has been the Southampton Solidarity Federation's update to its excellent Stuff Your Landlords series, designed by the Autonomous Design Group, which has been putting out free tenants organizing campaign posters. The series of eight-page guides designed to be printable at home or work cover Section 21 notices, which in England and Wales is the notice which a landlord must give their tenant to begin the process to take possession of a property, rent arrears, and how to handle harassment by landlords. Introducing the pamphlets, Southampton Sulfet said, quote, Knowing the law is useful, because when landlords don't follow it, you can use it against them. But most of the time, the law isn't on our side and we can't rely on it to make sure we're treated fairly. While it should be seen as the floor for basic human decency, it's usually the ceiling." End quote. The Crown Prosecution Service and the police have informed the hashtag Elbit5 activists from the newly formed group named Palestine Action that their three-day occupation in mid-September 2020 on top of Elbit's UAV engine factory in Shenstone cost Elbit Systems over £160,000 in losses. The overall costs to Elbit Systems' Shenstone factory are expected to be higher as the factory will not be opening anytime soon. Palestine Action was formed in response to the repression of Palestinian activism in the UK and the continuing oppression of Palestinians by Israel. Palestine Action state that it, along with its supporters, consider every pound cost to Elbit throughout this occupation, every minute the factory is shut down, a small victory in fighting for an end to the UK's complicity in Israel's apartheid regime, and justice for the victims of the crimes that Elbit Systems is complicit in and consists of another small step towards shutting down Elbit for good. During the three-day-long action, the activists smashed all the factory windows, drilled holes into the ceiling, threw the air conditioning units to the ground and poured red paint down the front of the factory as to symbolize the blood of Elbit's Palestinian victims. The factory was targeted as it plays a key role in the oppression, subjugation and murdering of Palestinian civilians. The engines are owned, manufactured and produced by and for Elbit Systems, specifically for their Hermes 900 drones that are deployed on Palestinians, notably in the besieged Gaza Strip, where they are then sold on the international arms market as, quote, field tested, unquote. That is, field tested on a population that consists mostly of refugees and children. The violent and intimidating reactions toward Palestine Action activists and their supporters by the police both during the occupation and after the arrests is informative. It is clear that the police maintain a special interest in protecting Elbit Systems as soon UK police will be deploying Elbit Systems drones in skies over the UK for the sake of mass surveillance techniques that likely infringe on human rights and civil liberties. It has also been revealed that the government has both diplomatic and material interests in protecting Elbit's war profiteering, as Elbit systems have been provided a contract by the Home Office to carry out border force work under the insidious title of Search and Rescue, to scan the channel for migrant and refugee boats. Furthermore, 
in a recent meeting between Israeli Strategic Affairs Minister Orit Farkash and UK Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, Palestine action was discussed and was demanded to be pressured and shut down by the Israeli minister along with the wider UK BDS movement. The growing links between Israel and Elbit systems with the British police and state must be challenged and resisted. It is clear that the UK government and the police will not only continue to turn a blind eye to Israel's and by extension Elbit systems crimes against the Palestinian people, but they will actively seek to protect and support them. There are 10 Elbit sites across the UK where actions have already occurred at a number of them from Oldham to London. As the hashtag Elbit5 take Elbit to task for its crimes in Crown Court, they call on people to take direct action now against these insidious links and the UK's continuing support for Israel's brutal apartheid regime against the Palestinian people. For those with financial means to support the Palestine action struggle, consider a donation to their fundraiser at bit.ly forward slash pal act donate in memory of Josh. Josh, one of the most genuine, engaged, brave, and dedicated revolutionaries of his generation at age 23, had already become a leading organizer in the Manchester left, contributing to anti-fascist struggles, the Plan C Manchester group, and Plan C UK-wide organization. Josh left Plan C last year after deciding that his politics had developed in a different direction and described his reasons in a letter that typified his thoughtful, reflective, and good faith approach to political organizing and revolutionary struggle. Plan C were sad to see him go, but he left no less a comrade fighting to build the real movement, and Plan C were proud to continue to support him, fighting organizationally during state repression for his time as a volunteer in Rojava, northern Syria. After leaving Plan C, Josh went on to an organizing role in the community union ACORN, where he again showed his deep commitment to building free life everywhere. A longtime member of the Plan C Kurdistan cluster, Josh traveled to Syria in 2017 to volunteer in the Rojava revolution. He stayed for a year, volunteering with both SYPG, a Marxist civil organization supporting the growth of the democratic system, and the International Freedom Battalion, an internationalist YPG battalion established as a united front of anarchists and communists defending the revolution. Josh was loved and respected by the people in Rojava as a teacher in Kobani and by his International Freedom Battalion comrades as a soldier in the liberation of Ra'a. Josh was a growing light in the revolutionary struggle, a reason to hope and an example of what it meant to live a life as a revolutionary with dedication, militancy, and humanity. Josh's actions live on in our organizing everywhere, everywhere he struggled, and every organization he was part of, whether it was Plan C, ACORN, or the Rojava Revolution. Rest in power, loved comrade. You will never be forgotten. And we know that remembering means fighting. And that's it for this month's UK segment of Bad News. Many thanks to Freedom News and Palestine Action for the two first articles, and many thanks to Plan C for the write-up on Josh's recent and untimely death. I'm Chickpea from Dissident Island Radio, a radical radio show based in the capital of capital, London, in the greater so-called kingdom of a not-really-united, soon-to-be, no-deal, disaster, Brexit, corona crisis, mismanaged, Tory backbencher, rich asshole-ruled Britain. 
that by the way includes that north bit of Ireland and Scotland and Wales, etc, 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 at least for the time being. And whether or not you're in lockdown, wherever you might be, you should check out some dissident island radio shows. The shows feature interviews on radical campaigns, direct action, we have political discussions, host a regular spot featuring our comrade Legal Andy, who thrills us with oodles of legal informational nonsense. And of course, we always find time for plenty of awesome music. You can try and navigate our amazingly craptastic website, that's at dissidentisland.org, or otherwise, find us on a slimy corporate social media site by searching for Dissident Island. And that's spelled dissident, like the kind of adjective you might describe yourself as being, and island, as in Love Island, that really trashy British reality TV show export. And you might even be able to find us and add us to your favorite mobile or web podcast app by searching for Dissident Island in the app itself. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and sane and take care of each other, dissidents. Until next time. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed this episode of Bad News. Keep an ear out for more episodes released in the middle of each month with more information and past episodes available at the network's website, a-radio-network.org. You can also find out more information there about getting involved in the A-Radio Network if you have a project that is like-minded. Stay dangerous.